From the time I was born again in 1975, this scripture that we're going to look at today was very important as a guide to lead me in the way to go. Numbers chapter 9 start at verse 15. And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at even, at evening, there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. So it was always. The cloud covered the tabernacle by day, the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed. Now who could remove that cloud? Who would take it up? Only God. They were led by God though many of them thought they were led by Moses and they complained bitterly when things didn't go right. They complained to Moses, thinking he was the one that brought them out of Egypt. He wasn't. God was the one who brought them out of Egypt. God was the one who did these things. It reminds me of a telephone call I got from the husband of a woman who was a member of our church group. They didn't live in the same state where we lived. Uh, it was radio audience, and we're scattered all over the United States, and I'd never seen her face to face. But I got a telephone call from her husband, and he said, Kathy is being brainwashed. I was just shocked. Kathy's being brainwashed. And I said, well, who's doing it? And he just went dead silent. Because it turned out he thought I was brainwashing Kathy. <laughs> well, it was God brainwashing Kathy. It was God giving her gifts of the Holy Spirit, which she happens to have a gift of giving, spiritual gift of giving. And God was leading her. That was an extremely short conversation. It wasn't long before he realized I wasn't doing anything to Kathy. <laughs> and he terminated the conversation. But this is the way the tabernacle was. When that cloud lifted, they went forward. Or the fire at night, if it lifted, they went forward. So whether by day or night, God was leading them either to rest in their tents or pack up and go forward. Let's read starting at verse 16 again. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that, the children of Israel journeyed. And in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. Now, how does that apply to us today? 
How did it lead me? Well, if there's a cloud over your tabernacle, stay still. Don't go. Don't do anything. Verse 18. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed. And at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. You see, we may have one scenario for our time schedule, but God may have a completely different view. So you have to wait until the confusion clears and the cloud lifts in your mind before you can make a move. Verse 19. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. I find it much harder to wait than to go. We're kind of wanting to go. Let's go, let's go. But you have to learn to wait. There was one time I had to wait four years to get an answer from God. It concerned the property that I had when I lived with my mother in Clovis, New Mexico, USA. I had a house built, and unknown to me, the plan would not fit on the lot. The contractor did not discuss this with me. He just reduced the size of the kitchen and the garage to make it fit on the lot. When we got the house built, the kitchen was so tiny that my mother and I bumped into each other if we were in the kitchen at the same time, and this is not a pleasant result. I began praying. I couldn't see any way this traffic could be worked out in that kitchen. But I just kept asking God, how can we fix this? The garage was attached to the kitchen, so you went out the door of the kitchen and he went directly into the garage. Four years, every time I went in the kitchen and my mother came in, I was praying, how can we fix this? Four years. One day I went into the kitchen. It was clear as a bell. The cloud lifted over my tabernacle. And I saw exactly what to do. I had a built-in pantry in the kitchen. All I had to do was have the built-in pantry moved to the garage, which had plenty of room. Put the pantry in the garage, move the refrigerator from the place it was sitting over to where the pantry had been. It opened up this floor space completely, and we were no longer running into each other. This is an example of the cloud lifting, but you may have to wait. Most of the time, God answers me very fast. But this time, it took four years of waiting. Verse 19. 
And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. Now this is Numbers chapter 9. Verse 20. And so it was, when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents, and according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. Verse 21, And so it was, when the cloud abode from evening unto the morning, and the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed. Whether it was by day or by night that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days or a month or a year that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle remaining thereon, the children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord, they rested in the tents, and at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. The commandment of the Lord was shown them by what that cloud did. They kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. For the New Testament church today, Romans 8.14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Spirit of God brings to our mind information. Just like when I went in that kitchen, instantly I saw move the pantry out to the garage. We are led by the Spirit of God, not by our own reasoning, by our own flesh. When we go forth, we know it is God leading us because we know who it is leading us. Therefore, we have the assurance that God wants us to do this thing. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is given to each person who belongs to God, who is born again by God. When you're born again, he gives you his spirit, his heart. The Holy Spirit leads us today in the church by bringing to our mind truths from God and scriptures. Jesus explains exactly what the Holy Spirit will do when he comes. He would not be coming until after Jesus was taken into heaven. And then the Holy Spirit was sent to every believer. Every believer did not have the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. They had to go to the prophet to see what to do. The prophet had the Holy Spirit. But the New Testament plan was every believer was given the Holy Spirit where he could communicate directly with God through Jesus and he had the Spirit of God 
living inside him. And here is the work of the Holy Spirit of God. John 14, 26, Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John sixteen thirteen, Jesus says, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, he searches the heart of God to know the will of God in the matter at hand. Whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. It's not like a witchcraft. It's not like conjuring anything. Just all of a sudden, God shows you something that is coming. It's done by the will of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 has a great deal in it about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 9, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath provided for them that love him. Now that's Old Testament. Then Paul says, But, God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, showing the difference between Old Testament and New Testament. Verses 9 is Old Testament. Verse 10 is New Testament. Therefore, in verse 10, Paul says, but he negates this first sentence. Let's read it again, thinking of that. Verse 9, but as, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? The spirit that is in you causes you to think certain things. And you will be thinking something when you're talking to another person. And usually that other person doesn't know what you are thinking. For the Spirit of God in you is bringing things to your remembrance. Verse 11 again. For what man knoweth the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, 
but the spirit which is of God, who searches the heart of God. Again, verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I find that most churches are not taught about the Holy Spirit. I didn't learn anything from any church about the Holy Spirit. God taught me. He taught me by taking me to scriptures like this. And we'd stay on this scripture sometimes four months, and I would be rejoicing over what it said and what it was teaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 Verse 16-17 This verse was very meaningful to Pam Paget, who was raised Catholic, and she knew almost nothing about scriptures. They were even taught not to read the scriptures. One day, a young man was killed on a motorcycle. He was her age, and that's the first time she'd ever realized that someone her age could die. And the concept was given, Pam, if you died right now, you would go to hell. It terrified Pam. She cried out to God, oh, please, if there's any way that you can do it, save me. After she cried out to God like that, she knew something of God was in her living in her. She didn't know what it was. But it was in her. One day, God brought to her 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to show her what it was that was living in her. Paul says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? It's no longer that building that you go to. That's the temple of God. You're the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And Pam said, that's it. It's the Spirit of God that's dwelling in me. And it says, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today. Now we're going to play for you one of the most beautiful compositions I've ever heard. I have a little story that goes with this composition. I had a friend 
when I lived in Dallas. He worked for the Dallas Morning News as a writer. And Philip started a radio program, secular radio program, that if you could trip him up by question about movies, he just knew everything about movies, then you received a little prize. One time I called and said, uh, Mr. Wanch, in the movie <laughs> Judgment at Nuremberg, and I could just see Philip's face say, Oh, yes, I'm the cat. I know everything about Judgment at Nuremberg. I said, In the movie Judgment at Nuremberg, where Marlena Dietrich is talking to Wagner's daughter, they mention Wagner. He said, yes, yes. And I said, what was the overture playing in the background? <laughs> Poor fellow. He had no idea. It was what you're going to hear right now, Rienzi Overture, which I think is one of the most gorgeous compositions I've ever heard. Richard Wagner lived 1813 to 1883, this is from his opera, Rienzi, it's the overture, played by the Philharmonia Orchestra with Otto Kemperer, conductor, from 1960 recording, Rienzi Overture. 